Hey guys, Bill Spadia here. Welcome back to Facebook Live. You know, I love to be with you every Tuesday right here on this channel. Listen, we have a lot to talk about. Did you hear the show today? Talked about everything from Black Lives Matter and the riots still taking place in our cities to the Jersey Shore coming back to normal. Although the governor doesn't seem to like it very much. It seems the governor and the rest of us normals have a very different view of what progress looks like. And, you know, typical for a guy that comes from out of state, doesn't really understand the Jersey Shore. You know, he lives in a different world, right? These rich elites. You know, his idea of the Jersey Shore is this palatial mansion on the Navasink, where the rest of us know that the Jersey Shore is going down to the beach at Ortley or Lavalette or Sea Isle City or Wildwood Seaside. Like, that's the Jersey Shore, real people, authentic Jersey people. I, I was talking about this earlier on the show. Somebody asked me about um, you know, what beach I go to. And I said, you know, I grew up going to Sea Isle City and I loved it. I loved it as a kid. Some of my best memories of growing up in Jersey are from the Jersey Shore. And, you know, you go back a few years and even today that now, I mean, it's got prices of real estate have gotten so out of control and the taxes are so high, but you go back to the day, right? You go back 20, 30 years when people, when there were blue collar, working class and middle class families buying that second house. It wasn't a place for the fancy rich and the elites. It was a place for the rest of us. And it still is. And we need to get back to it fast. All right. Kim Barnt, do you see the spikes? Um, well, you're using the word spike. I know what you're talking about. This is ridiculous. Here's what's happening. Let me be very clear. The governor's lying to you and he's using parts of information. And when you use just a little bit of information and one little slice of the pie, you can paint a terrible picture for people. What happened in Florida, they had about, I guess it was two weeks ago, they had one Saturday where they had 1,200 reported cases. It happened to be the single highest day of reported cases. So right away, the media runs with it and said, oh my God, there's a corona spike. Here's what actually happened. They went from testing a few thousand people a day to testing more than 33,000 people in one day. Now the country's up to more than 500,000 tests every single day. The president even made a joke about it in his Tulsa speech saying, I told him to slow down the testing. Now, why did he say that? Because we all know that if you test everyone, you're going to find more positives. Here's what the governor's leaving out, that a, few, a smaller percentage of people are testing positive out of the number of positive cases. So if you want to call that a spike, you're lying. Don't buy into the misinformation and the propaganda. It's just not true. Um, yeah, you're right. It can be. Thank you, Ileona. Thank you, uh, Jerry. Appreciate that. Um, you know, guys, uh, Dante, the governor's lying and using the cops you worship to enforce illegal business closures. Well, first of all, Dante, I'm smart enough to know that cops are the backbone of our society. Whether you like it or not, you're not going to have prosperity until you have peace on the streets. It's that simple. And look what's happening around the country. You don't think cops are the most valuable piece of that puzzle? Of course they are. The cops are being used. But if you look carefully in most towns, the cops are not enforcing this nonsense. They don't want to enforce it. They're using their discretion to say, you go and do what you're going to do, and we're going to leave you alone. That's what's happening in most towns. Do you get a couple overzealous cops? No kidding. Of course you do. It's like any profession. You're going to get that. But but the idea that you're saying that in such a way that is disparaging the police, shame on you. All right, J.J. Puglia. 
When do I think youth football will be back? Well, JJ, I don't know that it's coming back for another year. Um, they're talking about now. My my uh, son is captain with the two other guys on his high school football team. They're all rising seniors. They're gonna. They're looking forward to starting school in September. Uh, and football practices are already getting ready to start because it's non-contact for the first few weeks before they put the pads on. Um, but they're already talking about masking up and social distance and covering all their skin. Youth football is simply not going to look like what you expect, at least for another year, until people rise up. I told you I shared this article on my LinkedIn. Go to LinkedIn.com and connect with me. I'm just Bill Spadia on LinkedIn because I don't always write a post on NJ1015 um, for each article that I see that I think you ought to read. I just post it on LinkedIn. You can read the link and you make your own decisions. But they talked about, it was a New York Times article, uh, really thoughtful, and I don't often plug the New York Times, uh, and this is not any credit to them. It was the author that wrote this really smart piece about when do pandemics end? They end when people say, it's over, I'm done with this. And that's coming soon. Janie Anderson, I live here in Florida, would only test people who had symptoms of the virus. Now they want to test everyone and anyone. Uh, can I go, wait, can go up there why it's, oh, 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 oh. Janie, Janie Anderson, thank you. You are correct. Everyone can stand in line and now get tested. Here's what they're not asking this question, nor are they reporting it. How many people have been tested multiple times? How many of those multiple tests are counted in these counts? How many people are asymptomatic? How many people are just testing positive for the antibodies and it's in their system because they had it back in February and January when the epidemiologists at Stanford said no fewer than 6 million people had it between January 15th and March 9th. I mean, come on. This is silly. We're not, you know, and remember this too. There was never a call to eliminate COVID. You weren't going to do that. In the history of humanity, we've been unable to do that with viruses. So what was this really about? It was about making sure that when and if you got sick, you had the proper medical care for you. Where did the masks and the social distancing come from? Guys, this is not about public health. It's about control. And you're seeing it play out in the streets of America right now. And you better wise up and do something about it. And that starts with taking off the mask. It starts with you standing up and saying, we can't open our restaurants. We can't open our theaters. We can't get back to life as normal with the economy that we had that supported so many working class citizens in our country and in our state until we take off the mask and stop with the social distance. You, you know it's true. David Murphy, why is it that Republicans can't get ahead in New Jersey? Could it be that they're reactionary instead of proposing proactive policies and solutions? Yes. David, David, it's worse than that. That was David's question. David, they're not even reactionary. Look at what happened when the governor started shutting down the state. Did you hear even a peep out of any of the Republican leaders? Nope, you heard nothing. I wish they would react a little more. They won't even do that. But as far as proactive solutions for years now, I've been talking about proactive things I would do if I were governor in terms of monetizing New Jersey transit, in terms of modernizing. You monetize New Jersey transit and you modernize our voting system. And then the deregulation, the idea of reciprocity when it comes to the right to carry. All of these things are there and supporting our cops and standing up for the unions when they're standing up for their members. There are a lot of things that we can do as New Jerseyans and we could see done if we had a new governor. The problem is you don't have any Republicans out there uh, talking about it. They have no solutions. That's the pro- that's part of the problem. Um, Elaine Marie, JR's Pub and Fords is open. Outdoor seating, specialty drinks. I love it, Elaine. I hope you work there. 
or maybe you're just making a plug for a friend. But uh, yeah, JJ's Pub in Fours, great place. Get out there, grab a drink, enjoy yourself. It's time to get back to normal. It's time for us to get to a point where we just say, you know what? Everybody at some point is going to come in contact with the flu virus, with the coronavirus, all of these things. And if you are vulnerable, we had a caller on the show today crying, crying, grown man crying on the show because he was so afraid of going out of his house because he had diabetes. And I said, dude, I get it. Call your doctor. Take the precautions. But we can't enslave the rest of healthy America just to protect a few people who, as you know, we're not protected by this government, even with the shutdown. Do I have to remind you every single day that Governor Murphy's policies led to the death of thousands of people in our nursing homes? Their policies led to those deaths. They literally forced COVID patients into the nursing homes. Okay, James McHugh. Bill, where do you shop with no mask? James, <laughs> I go to farm stands that don't give me any crap about wearing a mask. I've got a few places that I'm not going to out uh, where I can do business, small shops, people I know, owners that I called and said, hey, just want you to know I'm not wearing a mask. Are you comfortable with my coming into your store? And they said, yes, that's where I shop. I made the calls and I asked. Now, the other thing is, too, for most things, whether it's um, you know booze or food, including milk and butter, I do it online. Do you know you can go to Wegmans? And I'm not, look, they're not an advertiser. I'm not, I'm not shilling for them. But they just happen to be in my area. And people think, oh, Wegmans, it's a fancy shop. No, the truth is I'm spending about the same as I was spending at ShopRite. Uh, but it comes to my house in two hours. Literally, my wife and I, instead of doing a grocery list and then fighting the traffic and standing in line and all the nonsense of the, the lines and the arrows and the blue dots and the masks, forget it. I order it online. Some kid drops it off on my doorstep. Come on. You know what the delivery charge is? Four bucks. Come on. Beat that. Spending that much in gas. Mm. Lindsay Clausen Stanis, I have an immune compromised child and I want to know what I should do because I believe what you're saying about this being political. Okay, Lindsay, let me be very clear with you. Yes, this is about politics and not public health. That said, if you have an immune compromised child, you need to talk to your doctor and find out what precautions they need to take. Uh, you've got to be extra careful, no question about it. But here's the thing. Again, there are situations where people are vulnerable and they could get sick. And if they did get sick, it would be very, very serious. But I will tell you, we've got friends that follow this to the letter. I'm talking about no outside contact, not leaving the house. They got diagnosed with COVID-19. Why? Because it's a virus and it spreads everywhere. And the reality is that many of us probably had it back in December, January, February, and we're fine because there were very, very few deaths under the age of 50. But I can't speak to somebody who's immunocompromised because if that's a decision for your doctor, but I would encourage you to do this. I would encourage you to call multiple doctors. Don't just take it from your child's one pediatrician because sadly, I've talked to a number of pediatricians, some who are with me 100% saying the mask is actually worse for the child's health, etc. Some who are full on mask. So the medical community itself is divided. My advice is call several doctors. Get to a point where you feel you're making an informed decision because life is about risk. And you know, it's like anything, right? I don't go out, I don't smoke anymore. I smoked when I was in the Marine Corps. Why? Because I, it contributes to lung cancer. I don't want to get lung cancer. I don't know. I'm doing something proactive to keep myself healthy. So when I tell you I'm not using hand sanitizer, that's not because I'm some contrarian rebel. It's because 
it's too easy to overuse and I don't need it. I wash my hands when I come out of the bathroom. I wash my hands before I sit down for a meal. Simple things like that. We can all act responsibly, but this whole notion of we have to open safely, this is all based on the assumption that somehow other human beings are toxic to each other. And that is simply not true through the course of human history. As a matter of fact, the opposite of true. If you listen to the infectious disease specialists, if you listen to the epidemiologists, if you listen to the docs who don't have a political agenda, you find that that exchange of bacteria, germs, and viruses actually is a positive. It's what helps build our immune systems. So the very idea that the kids are not back in school and are not gonna be able to go back to school in September without a mask is ridiculous. We are going to make our kids sick. And I hope you understand that. This is a real crisis. It's a crisis of morality. It's a crisis of politics. It's a crisis of economics. It's a crisis of groupthink being led by ignorant fools that are leading us down this negative path. And before we know it, our entire country and civilization is going to get washed away. So stand with me. Stand for normal. Stand up, take off the mask, and fight back. Know that I will always be out in front. I've got your back. I'm there for you. All right, make sure you go to the website, nj1015.com slash billspadia. And uh, do me a favor, flemington.com. My friends at Flemington Car and Truck, my buddy Steve Califer, they are proud sponsors of this Ask Me Anything segment and they're back every week with us and I just want everybody at Flemington Car and Truck Country to know that I appreciate you, I'm with you. This is one of the best companies in New Jersey. Thank you for all that you do to provide a great service to our citizens in this state. All right, have a great rest of your day. Remember, hit me up on LinkedIn, linkedin.com. Search for me by name, Bill Spadia. Send me a connection request. I'll connect with you and we'll talk. Have a great rest of your day.